Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today. Now, here's your host, Emmett Kennedy. And it's great to have your company as we look ahead to the weekend's racing. And hopefully we'll have racing for the weekend. The John Durkin card is under threat it could be moved at Punchestown and Ergamine's return to Cork is also up in the air uh, more on that in a little bit Cheltenham should go ahead the cross country has been cancelled uh, for Friday but Friday's card is looking good but as Sean Quinlan was saying to me on Racing Live on TalkSport 2 sometimes when you've then raced on the fresh ground and it freezes again that can then scupper the Saturday action and hopefully that's not going to be the case because to break down the weekend's racing and get us all the gravy we've got. Time forms. Mark Milligan, welcome back, Mark. Good afternoon. <laughs> it's a chilly one, isn't it? It is oh, dear. freezing. And uh, sitting up in the big mansion, the CEO of All About Sunday, Mr. Derek <laughs> McGrath. Darren Even, thanks. Derek um, McGrath? <laughs> Do you know what I'm thinking of? The fellow who got booted out of the Curra. <laughs> Oh, thank jeepers! There, you're 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 drawing a parallel with CEO. I think I'm far from I'm, I'm far from that. Um, oh, but yeah, well, thanks guys. Great to be back. Really enjoyed last week. Nice one. Good banter. Good buzz. Darren McGrath. Darren McGrath. I mean, I've only known the guy for who knows how long, and um, this is just proof perfect of the fact that it's been a long day. It's freezing, and. Um, I haven't had enough caffeine, so I'm going to have a little bit of that. As Before we get stuck into the weekend's preview, because there's a lot 
to get stuck into and a lot to be excited about, and hopefully it will all go ahead. Uh, but we did see Honeysuckle getting beaten, and we broke it down, Barry Collin myself, on Monday. Paddy Aspel is here alongside Barry and myself. This Monday as we review the weekend's action that we're about to see, we'll have Dennis O'Regan and Darren McGrath on the following Monday, and then we're into the festive preview, so it's only uh, a few more shows, and then we're right into the Christmas thick of things. But Honeysuckle beaten in the Hatton's Grace, and it led to a number of debates. Uh, one of the conversations that was happening between Sean Quinlan and myself on Racing Live on TalkSport 2 today was... Henry de Bromhead's horses are not running particularly well. It's two from 28 in terms of winners for his last number of, of runners. Uh, one of those winners was a surprise at 20s. And that might put a fresh a fresh perspective on things. Maybe the yard just isn't quite firing and she probably needed it. And also, just before we came on air, Mark, you had a very interesting piece of info from Timeform that puts into perspective just how good this year's renewal was of the Hatton's Grace comparing it to last year's. Yeah, I think going into last year's renewal of the Hatton's Grace, um, Honeysuckle had a time form rating of 165. That, that's a master rating. She's still got that time form master rating of 165. But going into last year's run in the Hatton's Grace, when she beat Ronald Pump, she ran quite a long way below that. She ran 11 pounds below her best, but still managed to win that race. And she recorded a rating of 154 there. Now, interestingly, when we compare that to this year's contest, she's finished third, but she's actually only run, in terms of figures, three pounds below her winning mark from last season. And it could be, perhaps, that she needed the race last season as well. She just wasn't facing opposition that was as strong. She faced a couple of, of new shooters that she hadn't faced before, really, didn't she, in like Tihupu and Classical Dream. And... You know, I, I'm I'm now erring towards giving her the benefit of the doubt and saying at eight years old, she may well just have needed the run. And she travelled every bit as well as she normally travels and then emptied out in the manner of a horse who just looked short of peak fitness to me. So I've thought long and hard about this the past week. And on, on reflection, I think I'd be prepared to just give her the benefit of the doubt for that one. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, and it was very disappointing to see her beaten. She was going for 17 out of 17, but it, uh, I, my view on the Hatton's Grace, and I said this on Monday's show, that's a better renewal than last year's. Uh, she was taking on two new form lines in Classical Dream and Tiapu. Tiapu loves soft ground and it brings out the best in him. Um, and Rachel looked devastated as they crossed the line, like the way her head went down. Uh, it was also, Paddy Aspel made a really interesting point, so I could have just stolen it and, and used it as my own, but it, it was an interesting observation. They've tackled her out wide. It's almost Giants Causeway Observatory all over again. You know, Don't eyeball her, because if you do, she'll respond and she'll find that little bit more. Instead, both Tiapu and Classical Dream are having their own little battle out wide, and um, she then wasn't able to, to respond to that. Even if they had been alongside her, maybe she wouldn't have. But I, I would not be... I think rumours of Honeysuckle's demise are, are greatly exaggerated. That being said, though, Darren, uh, your perspective on, on her claims, Constitution Hill has obviously gone a very, very short price with Bet Dak for the champion hurdle. He is currently... Do, do, do. 1.4. Honeysuckle, 9.0. Uh... What do you? What did you make of her return? What do you make of her prospects for the Irish Champion Hurdle and the Champion Hurdle itself? 
I think the first point that I that I'd like to make, to be honest, guys, is that, that I think she should be retired. Okay. Um, and the reason that I do is that for me, the risk reward doesn't add up. So we uh, participate in a sport um, where uh, everybody's opinion is valid. And no matter what opinion we will listen to today, tomorrow or the next day, everybody's probably right or they're, they're making a very good argument. OK, and and that's all you can do. For this, though, I think this comes down to the owner, and I think it comes down to the owner himself. And I think that um, I read a few quotes where he was kind of deferring a lot to to Henry, depending on what Henry would like to do, we'll push ahead. If Henry says we'll push ahead, you know, if Henry thinks this, we'll push ahead. And I thought that that was just a, a, a little bit, you know, in need of kind of a, a second round of thinking, because... The guy has to kind of roll it forward two or three years. And, and when, when he's sitting in his armchair kind of on a Saturday or something and, you know, or, or he's just having to think about it, like, do, does he want a, a 16 and one? Does he want a 17 and two? Does he want a 17 and three? You know, um, and he's the owner and it's his job to protect her legacy. And nobody is wrong, right? Mm. Nobody is wrong. What Mark says is right. What you say is right. What. Paddy Aspis said this is right, you know, whoever else you spoke to, you know, but punters are punters, you know, they'll always want to be entertained, they'll always want to gamble, um, trainers are trainers, they'll always want to win, like Henry de Bromhead and that elite level of trainer is all about winning, you know, they are obsessed by it, and he will believe that he will get her right, and he, look, and I'm not saying he won't, he will believe that, that that she will win in the future. So that's his mentality, which is, you know, commendable, you know, to to him. And and, and that's exactly what has created the demand that that is. But I think this comes back to the owner, you know, like if she ends up getting beaten another time and another time after that, was it worth it? Really? Mm. Was it? I don't, I wouldn't say it would. I think the risk is the the risk is too high. You made a very valid point there, Mark, about the quality of the opposition this year against against last year. You know, the opposition isn't going to get any easier at Christmas or in the DRF or or in 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 the Champion Hurdle. And you know, us as racing fans, we'll all have our honeysuckle memories about who we attended, where we saw her win, who we were with those days. You know, all of that. And sorry for being like nostalgic and poetic and all that type of stuff but i just think there's a legacy there to, to be protected and there's there's no need for for muhammad ali larry holmes or there's no need for michael schumacher who came back in 2010 there's no need for it like she did two champion hurdles a mayor's um hurdle and you know i don't know 60 14 other wins whatever it would be and, and I would just say, you know, leave it at that. You know, if there's a risk that the legacy is damaged or will be damaged in the future, she doesn't know anybody anything. Personally, I have wonderful memories of her. And maybe I'm just being selfish as well. I'd like to keep them intact. I don't disagree with anybody. I don't disagree with any of your points. For me, risk reward isn't worth it. And if we're all sitting here with the, ah, oh, gee, because she was beating a short head, you know, in Leopardstown at Christmas, ah, she ran to this. It doesn't matter. She, she, she's lost. And that kind of whole thing around her would be gone. And at the minute, it's still there uh, because it was a nice run on, on Sunday. But, but that's it. It's, it's an emotional decision from me, the person who's always telling people to be completely pragmatic about stuff. Yeah, I, I completely get where you're coming from. Um, everything's going to hinge 
really on the Irish champion hurdle if she is going to keep running. And, and right now, she very much is. If we had said a month ago, Henry de Bromhead's two big guns, Aplutard and Honeysuckle, are both going to be beaten on their seasonal reappearance, you'd have said, all right, maybe yeah. one will get beaten, but not both. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'd agree. I, I think something's not quite right at the moment within the yard, and, and that can happen. Um, famously, only a few weeks ago, I was saying to, to Mark, well, I'm not back at Venetia Williams' horses this weekend. They've got no, they're running terrible. And she ends up yeah. winning basically with everything that ran. Um, so this can change. And, and Phil Bull, the founder of Timeform, had a, had a belief that there is no such thing as um, a, a trainer being on the cold list, that trainers don't go out of form. It's just swings and roundabouts was, was a very simplistic way of me uh, describing what was a quite complex view. But that was his opinion, whether or not it's right is another matter entirely. Uh, the Racing Post say that Henry de Bromhead's horses are running 50%, 54% runners to form in the last 14 days. But again, 28 horses have run and only two have won. It's 14 right. runs and seven days since his last winner over jumps. It's he not, always starts off slowly, Emmett. Like he's he does. Like he, 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 he trains for the peak he does, but, in, in March, really. But Honeysuckle was an eight-length winner of the Hatton's Grace last year and a Plutard won by a million lengths uh, in Haydock. So something's something's not quite right there, and what I would like to see is her go for the Irish Champion Hurdle one more time. Um, that's that's right. the plan with her. Uh, I would love to see her line up there. Maybe Constitution Hill comes over. I don't believe that, but Nikki has suggested it might happen, um, mm. which would be a fascinating clash. But she would be bidding to win her fourth Irish Champion Hurdle. The problem, and you've both kind of alluded to this, is again, you have new form lines. You had Classical Dream and Tiapu as new form lines for her to deal with in the Hatton's Grace, and she came up short. She's going to have a new form line in Stateman, maybe Sir Gerrard, who knows. Does Vaughan go for an Irish champion hurdle, or does he go to the Red Mills? Whatever. William Mullins is going to have a lot of strength and depth in that race, and it's new horses that she's never faced before. Now, if she comes out on top there and wins her fourth Irish champion hurdle, everybody's loving her again, and there's no more questions about her legacy because that achievement in itself, winning a fourth Irish champion hurdle, one shy of Isterbrax, match, matching Isterbrax and one shy of Hurricane Flies, that would be tremendous and it would tear the roof off Leopardstown if she manages to go and do that. If she's beaten there, mm. that's a trip to Cheltenham out of the question. Like that's that's probably it and that's where you call a halt to it there and then. But let's right. just let, let's just see. I, I wouldn't be calling time in her career just yet because... I am of the, the opinion that's a much better race than last year's. Uh, I would agree with what Mark said, that possibly she's needed it that little bit more. The ground was awful, and the yard's not firing. So give her her opportunity to fire in the Irish champion hurdle, see what happens there. But it, it is a case of, for me, it is a case of proceed with caution because you are going to have those new form lines again for her. Yeah, and look, she, I think age is not on, on her side uh, when she gets into the spring, her cycle will be harder to manage. You know, that that happened to a Apple's Jade. Like, people yeah. didn't, you know, think about that enough that, that she becomes kind of broody, you know, as, as well as, as she gets that little bit older. Look, I, I, I'm going to stick to, I'm going to stick to my stick to my point of view. It's an emotional decision. You're trying to protect something there. But again, you know, um, you, if 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 you weren't a journalist, you could have been a barrister. You made a very solid argument there, now, young man. So, um, <laughs> you know, I think ev ev everybody's right. You know, it's 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 just I think it's definitely down to the owner, Mister Alexander, and it, I think that it's it's just one for him. Yeah, 
a similar age to Apple's Jade as well. Apple's Jade was eight when it started to derail, and and so yeah, was Honeysuckle. So it. they they start thinking about having babies, mm. you know, and like their mares at the at the end of the day, and and these are the are the things that'll that'll just happen, you know, as as time as time goes on, and you there 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 is there's there's a a, a new a younger elements they're five-year-olds six-year-olds up or whatever um and they have two years on her at the minute you know well it's good to look back at honeysuckle and uh, to be able to talk about what we saw at fairy house it was a terrific day's racing at fairy house for all of the weather was not on their side it was brilliant to be there terrific atmosphere Seven thousand four hundred people. I was delighted to be to be one of those people there. Um, a tremendous atmosphere, and looking forward to, to more top class action over the weekend. Or are we? Because Nergamine's comeback in Cork could be put on hold. It's not guaranteed to go ahead. Uh, and Punchestown, the John Durkin track may the John Durkin may have to be moved because the the frost is setting in. It is bitterly cold in Ireland yeah. right now. I'm I'm recording in Cork and it's freezing here. Um, and uh, the, the same is being forecast for Punchestown. Cork on Sunday is very much in doubt, but please God, it will go ahead. Um, and the forecasts are going to be dropping to minus three. I keep getting told by the car every time I turn it on, outside temperature is minus. Um, it's, it's not very pleasant weather at all. Uh, but we'll we'll talk a little bit more about Ireland in a bit. Um, we'll begin with Doncaster and Cheltenham. And we're just going to combine two races because... Who knows how this is going to go? The 12.05 at Cheltenham on Saturday uh, is going to be on Racing TV. Sky have the 1.30 at Doncaster, the Summit Juvenile Hurdle. That'll be live on ITV4 as well. And we've got a load of horses who are cross-entered. So we're going to get these horses running. And the question is, do they turn up at Cheltenham or do they turn up at Doncaster? So we'll just merge them all into one. Uh, Nuzaret, who could have gone to Ferry House of the Weekend. Joseph O'Brien chose not to. He comes here. Uh, Isaac Sweden Summoner had the favourite, Sarek the Brave, who finished second, and he is currently favourite for the race at Doncaster. A script writer from Milton Harris, who obviously tore things up last year with Night Salute, uh, seems to have a ready-made replacement in the juvenile division in the ex-Aiden O'Brien-trained runner. Uh, Paddy Brennan on board again, 5-2. to two. Uh, Maydef, who I spoke to Dan Skelton about today, surprisingly bullish about that horse, uh, I have to say, and he also has the option of going to Cheltenham or taking up the engagement at Doncaster. Uh, they're all due to run. It's just a matter of preferences for Cheltenham. If that doesn't go ahead, they could be at Doncaster. Uh, Mark Milligan, what's your take on these juveniles and uh, what impact it could or not have on the anti-post betting for the festival? Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously over the weekend, we saw Lossy Mouth, didn't we? It was really, really impressive. Mustard. And jumped... Uh, jumped to the uh, the head of the Triumph Hurdle Market. She, she was basically at the head of the Triumph Hurdle Market anyway, wasn't she? But she's gone a, a really short price now. Um, do I think any of these are in that league? Potentially one or two of them could be. I'd be keen to be with Nusrat, depending on which race he goes for. I'd be with him at Cheltenham. I'd probably be with him at Doncaster as well. I was really impressed by that hurdling debut at Punchestown. He was a fair flat performer, wasn't he? He had a mm-hmm. peak rating of 91 on the flat. We know Joseph O'Brien has done really well with this type in the past. Scriptwriter obviously looks like he could be a really good recruit as well. And he was a better horse. If you take ratings into account, he was a better horse on the flat than Nuzret. I think he had a rating of 102. So he's 
obviously well respected as well but depending on look i would say we're more likely to get cheltenham at this stage than doncaster as you know i live in the north of england i'm about 60 miles northeast of doncaster and it is baltic here the the ground has not thawed out all day where i live if they're having similar at doncaster that will be Really, really in doubt, I would say. Cheltenham, we know they've got the covers down. They've covered the entire track, I think, haven't they? So I would say Cheltenham's more likely to go ahead than Doncaster at this stage. Whichever race Nusret turns up in, I think I want to be with him. I'm in agreement. I would have liked him at Ferry House. I would have certainly preferred him to Zarek the Brave. Um, and Lassiemouth ended up being a scumbag each way bet because if she was as good, we talked about her on Thursday's show. Uh, if she was as good as as was being made out, then surely she was going to run a massive race on Sunday at, at four to one. Um, uh, all very well and good in hindsight, but Nuzret looked really, really good at, at Punchestown. Uh, Scriptwriter looked very good at Cheltenham. To be fair, um, the preferred destination for both is Cheltenham, uh, and I would agree with you based on what we were saying on Talksport Two today. It does look like Cheltenham is far more likely to go ahead. Um, Darren, where which way are you looking at for the juvenile hurdles? Doncaster and Cheltenham, um, who, who's really taking your interest? I think uh, I'll start with Milton Harris, okay? Uh, this man can train, and that's an advantage, obviously, in this game. Um, but he's a, he's, he's, he's a proper trainer, and he does particularly well with these type of horses because in terms of being able to find them and in terms of bringing them along, um, I, I wouldn't counter-argue Nusret, I, I think, um, without a doubt, more than likely is the winner. But I think we should have scriptwriter on our shortlists and um, Milton Harris as somebody that, that we are always watching in terms of w- what he does and how he brings horses along. You know, this fellow's come out of Aidan O'Brien's yard, scriptwriter, um, won his, his maiden hurdle nicely enough and then went on to win a grade two r- around Cheltenham. I think we're getting into a case now we're kind of comparing postmarks to postmarks and and seeing who's potentially better um you know I I I like the horse I like his two performances and and uh, and I like the trainer you know he's definitely up against it and it's pretty tricky for us you know not knowing what the um, you know where where the racing is going ahead but uh, I think the covers will end up making making the difference in in Cheltenham but for all of the listeners, uh, Milton Harris is a trainer that that you should not only just follow in terms of um, the racing, but also watch his entries and his style of entering horses and campaigning horses. He's super shrewd. What's interesting is uh, Nusret and Scriptwriter both have their first preference as Doncaster. So we'll see how that pans out, because I would be in agreement with Mark that we're more likely to get Cheltenham than Doncaster. Cheltenham, Q, yeah. Q, Doncaster goes ahead and Cheltenham is off. But um, it, it would be pretty cool if they're both able to... Look, it'd be great if they take each other on because we'll get to, to learn more about this division. But at it the would. same time, if you're getting Nusret at Doncaster and Scriptwriter at Cheltenham, that would equally be be pretty pleasing. Uh, and you could do the, yeah, the, the scumbag yeah. double in, in that in that instance. But um, we'll keep a close eye on things and, and see how it all pans out. But it's going to be it's going to be fascinating and uh, and a very very interesting renewal. Uh, 
Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. The December Gold Cup Handicap Chase will be the, the big handicap chase of the weekend. And if you are placing your bets, well, you need to be doing it with BetDAC. 0% commission on all sports for 100 days at BetDAC. Uh, you can sign up right now at BetDAC.com. El Rodato, who we talked about in detail after his run at the Open meeting when he was beaten by Galaw. Uh, he's currently 11-2 to with BetDAC. Stolen Silver, who was unlucky in that same race, 13-2, to and he's got a great record at Cheltenham. Fantastic Lady for Nico de Boinville and Nicky Henderson is 8 with BetDAC. Same price for Warlord and Venetia Williams with Ferrero Bamboo is a 10-to-1 shot. Uh, Mark Milligan, lead us off in the December Gold Cup. Who takes the prize? Well, Il Ridotto, for me, was the obvious starting point. But I'm not entirely convinced he gets up the Cheltenham Hill, to be perfectly honest. Mm. And one who we know definitely does get up the Cheltenham Hill is Sterling Silver. And you referenced that Paddy Power Gold Cup run when he unseated his rider at the third last. And I thought he was travelling really well at that point. And I'm almost certain he'd have played a hand in the finish if he hadn't unseated. We know that he goes really well again around Cheltenham. We know also that he's a strong stayer who carries big weights well. So there's plenty plenty in his favour and he's a bigger price than Il Ridotto and that's what swung it for me I think this is a really good race I think Stolen Silver will need a career best from top weight here but I think he's still got a little bit of untapped potential he's still only seven I think there's more to come from this one I'm with you um, yeah he's carrying 12 stone but he goes really well at Cheltenham it was a cracking run at the festival behind Cool Cody very impressive at April and he would have played a hand in the finish. I don't know where he would have come in that race behind Galar, but he was unlucky that day. And Sam Tristan Davis is a very, very talented target trainer. And um, this was always the target for him on the back of his unlucky run at the open meeting. Uh, Darren, which way are you looking? Yeah, a horse I really like is Warlord. Uh, if you remember, I put him up at, at 50s, I think, in... Um, in Cheltenham, when when we were when we were on the on the show, then the morning the line, previews. yeah, the morning line, we we put him up at fifties for the Arkle. Um, he's you know he's he's always knocking around in 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 proper level grade ones and and grade twos. We've dropped back here to a premier handicap, but I'm kind of struggling with the ground really um, because the best performances have been on good to soft, soft, and even even. You know, when there's been a little bit more give, he's by Jukebox uh, Jury, who's a stallion that I like. And I know that um, after Warlord started to show a bit um, last year, um, you know, be, before the season clicked into gear, that Colin Tizard actually came over to Burgage Stud uh, to see the stallion Jukebox Jury and um, just to have a look at some of the stock that was there. So I thought that was very interesting that, you know, the horse obviously impressed him so much that he was prepared to jump on a plane 
um, go to the stud and have a look at, you know, uh, other stock that was available. And um, yeah, he was very, very impressed with, with the stallion and was giving great uh, indications in terms of the ability that that Warlord has. So, uh, you know, I think if, if the ground was different, I think, you know, dropping him back into a premier handicap, he'll perform in 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 Cheltenham. Um I, I, I would be I, I would have been bullish to be honest, but I think the ground may possibly be against him. Will I play at seven or eight to one? I I'll I'll leave it to the day. Um it's the fourth race on the card. We'll see how the track is riding, you know, for over the first three races, and I'll certainly consider it. Um yeah, I think Stolen Silver and Il Ridotto, the, the cases are, are strong. But I do like Warlord, and um, I would have put him up in in my five to follow for the season, um, you know, back in 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 October or whatever. So I'm not going to desert him now. Two twenty five. The Beulah will be live on ITV four. I hope Virgin Media in Ireland as well. Not entirely sure, but I think so. Uh, Epitant is currently the six to four favorite, and there's been a swing in the betting because I like to move it was favorite when I was on Talksport two earlier this afternoon, but that has now swapped round. Uh, I like to move it. It's gone to fifteen to eight with Betac Epitant, uh, the entry hurdle winner, six to four. Nappers Hill is fours for Paul Nichols and Harry Cobden. First straight for Nicky Henderson and Nico de Boinville. The second string is a 15-2 to two shot and then the field is rounded off by Zoffian coming over for Dennis Hogan. A uh, 100-1 to one shot. Uh, Darren, lead us off in your thoughts on the old Beulah, now international. Yeah, look, I think the uh, Constitution Hill uh, supporters club, um, you know, will we'll be kind of watching this one, won't they? So, uh, and I actually think that uh, Epitant will win, and then that'll cement Constitution Hill's um, views from from the growing fan base. And um, you know, uh, she'll come out and do the, do the business. Um, decent lineup, though, all the same. Um, I've I've watched. I like I like to move it. Um, just to watch the replays a couple of times before the before the show. The, the the run earlier in in November at um, at Cheltenham, I thought it was pretty pretty impressive for a horse that went into that race, you know, rate, rated uh, low one hundred and forties, you know, got a post mark up and up in the one sixties, so you know, uh, very impressive stuff. I will be honest and say I do find these kind of these smaller kind of um, higher grade races sometimes are very very difficult to call because. You know how the tactics of the race play out are going to have a big impact, and you know what what might seem like a like an obvious bet by the time you're halfway through the race, it just might seem like a, like a waste of like a waste of money. But um, if if I was to have a bet, which I probably won't, I'll, I'll be backing uh, Nikki and Aiden, and uh, the Constitution bus will will be trucking along there. It's fascinating that they're going for this race because obviously the Christmas hurdle at Kempton has been. Her target. They put a line through that, yeah. Yeah, that's been the target, and suddenly Constitution Hill steps in, and instead of rematching with him, which would appear to be an impossible task, Nikki has decided to come here, and maybe she should come on an awful lot for the Fighting Fifth. I was a little bit taken aback by how Nikki Anderson was talking about how she'd had a race course gallop before Newcastle, and that she hadn't quite come on in the way that he expected. In previous years, that would put her spot on for the Fighting Fifth, and she was just breathing a little bit heavier. Um, I had a cup of coffee earlier in the week uh, with a work rider from Willie Mullins' place, right? And we were just talking about 
this, that, and the other, the price of fish. And like when when you're dealing with these with the elite level trainers, I'm you know we we were just discussing how much do these horses come on, you know, and they they work to such a high level at at home, you know that that sometimes we can expect serious improvement, but very rarely do these tra- trainers leave much chicken on the bone, you you know. Um, so I, 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 I don't know, like, like do Willie's horses generally improve from run to run? They do mentally. So in their, in their heads, they become more tuned into what the game is all about. But in, in terms of physical fitness, um, I think these guys can have their horses, you know, um, well fit, to, to, to be honest. And that was kind of the view that came out of a, a, a cup of tea and a jammy dodger. You know, we, we, were, just, we were just having, having a chat about it. And... You know, like Nicky Henderson is one of the greatest of of all time, and you know, like we, we'll only see on on Saturday. But um, I I wouldn't I, I I don't know, but I I I wouldn't always hang my hat on that point. Yeah, I think that's a very fair point to make. Um, like with with say trainers that are training handicappers that would have an average horses at home. Yes, the race course and a race can can improve six, eight, ten pounds in terms of fitness. But for these top boys that that have top horses, like unless they're being campaigned in a particular way, because I know, like I would have said about Henry earlier, you know that that he kind of builds his his horses up, and that's his style. But like Nicky Henderson is 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 godlike, really. You know, um, the man's a genius. So um, yeah, I I just wouldn't always hang my hang my hat on it. That's all. I think that's a very fair point to make. Uh, yeah. I, look, she should. She should have come on a ton for the Fighting Fifth, and it's fascinating that they even come here in, in the first place. Uh, that, in, to a certain extent, is a tip in itself. I like to move it was always coming to this race, and he's going to be a very interesting runner. I'm fascinated by Nappers Hill, and I'm a huge Epiton fan, as long-time listeners will know. But Nappers Hill staying over hurdles is, is something that's very intriguing to me. Um, and we talked about him. We were pretty bullish about him at Wien Canton. Um, you and I, Mark, and uh, sure enough, he got the job done there for Paul Nichols and, and Harry Cobden. And look, this is a horse who could be novice chasing and doing very well in that sphere for Paul Nichols. And yet he's decided, no, I'm going to stay hurdling with him. Um, and we're going to get to see what he can do in against a proper champion hurdle contender in, in Epitant uh, at, at the weekend. So I'm kind of drawn to him at the prices. As much as I love Epitant, 6-4 to four, doesn't do a whole lot for me. The fours with Bet Tag about Napper Silda, that does intrigue me. What's your overall take on the race? Um, sorry to put the mockers on it, but I'm with Napper's Hill as well. Hey! Let's go. <laughs> I, I thought I, I didn't really want to be with either of Epiton or I like to move it at the prices. For all that they've got the best form. Napper's Hill at four to one, I think is a, a knocking bet. We just look at his last four performances. He had a bit of a stuttering start, didn't he, in handicaps over hurdles. But his last four performances, he certainly in ratings terms, he ran to 125 at Newton Abbott. He then improved to 137 at Sandown, 145 at Chepstow, and 152 at Wincanton last time. This is a horse who is finding a chunk of improvement on every start now. He's only a six-year-old. He's going the right way, that elite. Uh, win at Wincanton last time. The main feature of that was how well he jumped. He jumped like a horse who belongs with the top two-mile hurdlers to me. He was very, very slick 
and fast at his hurdles. And I think he can take the next step up the ladder here. I agree with you. He's rated 153, which is only a pound off Epitant, who obviously gets seven pounds from everything, which is dangerous. But he's young, he's improving, and that was super impressive at Wincanton. Super impressive. And there was plenty left in the tank that day as well. So I'm with Napper Sale. Um, and the, the four to one is, is the thing that really sells it to me. If Doncaster does go ahead, and we don't know if it will or not, there'll be the handicap chase at two mile three at 240. Again, live on ITV. Uh, Betak are four to one about Hercule de Maud and uh, Mancian. Uh, getaway love, a six to one shot for Lizzie Quinlan and Ross Chapman would probably be the direction I'd be going in. Mark, for you? Yeah, I, I didn't have a really strong opinion, but um, are, are we pronounced this correctly? Heroic them all? Oh, who knows? That sounds Heroic. an awful lot better than the attempt I made. <laughs> Good match. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a, a, a really decent first run in this country at Newcastle last time. It was the run of a horse to me who's probably got much more to come. I think a mark of 110 is probably pretty fair on what he achieved there. So I didn't have a really strong opinion, but Heroic Demold was going to be the one for me in here. Darren, for you? No, no, no view. I just had, I just had a, had a quick look. It looks like one, one of those trappy ones. Um, so I'll be sitting on the fence. So you can, that, that, that would be it. Moving swiftly along to the potato race. Albert Bartlett, Novice Sardle over the three miles. Uh, just the six runners, but it's a, a small but select field. We've got Thomas Moore for David Pipe and Thomas Goodemore, who was ultra impressive for all that an odds-on favourite uh, came down in the race. That odds-on favourite was well beaten. Uh, Thomas Moore just kept on pouring on the pressure. Uh, very impressive winner in a point-to-point uh, and is now two from two over hurdles. Looks a right one for David Pipen in the stable tour. He, he sounded pretty bullish about him. Uh, four to one shot. Outlaw Peter is 15 to eight for Paul Nichols, who would have a pretty decent line on We've All Been Caught. Who I'm told by my point-to-point man, if things go to plan with this horse, he will basically be a leading light for the Tristan Davis camp for seasons to come. So hopefully it all, all does go to plan. Uh, he's a six to four shot. And full disclosure, when I was hosting TalkSport 2's Racing Live earlier on today with Paddy Aspel, this was his horse for the weekend. Um, very impressed with his run last time out. Hermes Allen won that for Paul Nichols. Uh, and he was really impressed by how he stayed on that day and thinks that this is the race that's going to bring out the best in him and that he's the one to be with. So we've all been caught six to four currently with Bet Dak. Uh, Outlaw Peter is a 15-8 shot, and Thomas Moore fours. Darren, uh, what is your take on the young guns in the potato race? Yeah, look, it, it is. It's it's uh, it's a very interesting little race now, to be honest. Um, and Outlaw Peter, you know, definitely kind of justifies being um, been at the head of the market, backed up there with uh, we've we've all been caught. But the the one that caught my eye is actually. Grand sore. So, um, John McConnell is a very shrewd trainer, and he's probably in kind of that tier below the the, the top guys at the minute. So, your Willies, your Gordons, etc. And um, you know, I, I I would always be very kind of tuned in to to when he travels and he takes horses say up north that probably you know wouldn't win in Ireland, and he gets them to win. Um, you know, on on the northern circuit when the time is right, 
But I was just watching his entries during the week and I saw that that uh, this fellow was entered entered for a grade three in Cork and this is this is a grade two. So um I think he's very shrewd. I watched a replay of, of the Cork win and I thought it was quite quite an interesting uh win in the sense that uh this fellow just really looked like, you know, the three miles and the stiffer it was, the the better he would be. I thought his jumping was neat, uh, especially over the last two hurdles, where he got away from the hurdle very, very quickly. Now we're not going to be blown away, you know, by by the racing post rating, but just if if people were to watch the replay, you'd kind of see that he's he's he looks like the type of horse that Cheltenham might suit it, and the better the opposition, the better he will actually run. And as I go through the race, we've got a nine to one price on, you know, what, what is what is the six runner field. Um, John McConnell also has a an entry in the juvenile race earlier in the card in Cheltenham. So you'd kind of feel that maybe he's brought the juvenile with him just just for experience and that this fellow would have a definitive crack uh, off the grade two because he's chosen, you know, this one in, in terms of his options. Now, maybe it was down to the fact that Cork is, is at risk, but I think that um, they they were two good entries, a grade, through, a grade three and a grade two. And I think that the price is interesting to me, even though the front two in the market are, are strong. But um, I think if, if we're looking for a little bit of value, uh, that's where my money will be going. Grand Soar is currently nines with Betdak. And the way I looked at his, yeah. his court performance, he just, he seemed a bit lazy. And yet when Simon Torrance got after him, he responded very well. Yes. Very well. And it's, it's just, when, when you watch it, it's how he gets away from the flight of hurdles, even at the back end of the race when, when they're getting fatigued. Now, it was maybe third last or second last, he kind of fiddled it a bit. Um, but he did. He he didn't lose his rhythm, and and he got away from it. So look, we're we're in the business of trying to find value. Um, and I think nines in 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 a six runner there, where the front two, yeah, they're they're deserving to be there. But um, we could pick a couple of holes, and maybe maybe there will be a chance that um this guy could do us justice at nines. I can see it. I can absolutely see it. Um, Grand Soar, a nine-to-one shot. Uh, Mark, what is your take? Yeah, I wasn't being quite as creative as that, to be honest. I'm just going to play it straight and go with we've all been caught here. I, too, was very impressed by that hurdling debut over a trip of two-mile five furlongs. Yes, he, he won a bumper over two miles, but... I think this lad is a proper stayer. And I know it's a cliche, but he is a proper chasing type. And anything he does over hurdles is going to be a bonus. But he stuck on really well last time over two mile, five furlongs. He's stepping up to three miles here. That will suit him down to the ground. And he's a proper Eunice, is this lad, to look at. He's a real big chasing type. Look, the, the price isn't flashy, but I'll be disappointed if we've all been caught, gets beat here. Yeah, I, look, I get it. I completely get it with him. And he was very, very high on my list for this race this morning. And then the more I looked at Thomas Moore, the more I found it difficult to get away from him. I hope he develops into a proper grade one horse because David Pipe deserves that. And you know what happened with Adagio at the start of the season was just devastating for the art. Um, but this fella could very well get there. Now, maybe not, but... 
It took him five starts to get off the mark in a point-to-point, but he looks a completely different proposition gone hurdling. He was very impressive at, at Worcester, and that performance at Wincanton last time out, again, odds-on favourite came down, but that odds-on favourite was held, well held. He was being torn to pieces by Thomas Moore, and if he can build on that, then the four-to-one's going to look good. But we've all been caught, sets a very, very high standard, and he should step up from his run last time. So uh, you've got three, uh, Grand Soar for Darren, Thomas Moore for me, and we've all been caught uh, for Mark. There is a dirty tricast in there somewhere along the lines. Uh, so Paul Nichols Horse, please don't go along and scupper us. Um, maybe even a, a combination forecast is the best way to play that. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back to Doncaster, and again, we'll just be brief on this because we don't really know if Doncaster is going to go ahead. But if it does, in the three fifteen, the handicap hurdle, anything that particularly catches your eye, Mark? Again, it was not a race that I had a very strong opinion on. In fact, it's it's probably the race that I had the least strong opinion on of any of any that we've looked at this weekend. <laughs> to be honest. Um, if I had to have a stab at it, I'd maybe go with Mayo Blanc, but, you know, it was just a Passover race for me, really. I thought Ewood Park was interesting. Uh, he would need to step up significantly on what he's done so far, including being beaten in a novice hurdle at this track back in January. But this presents a fairly decent opportunity for him. And if he's able to to pick up, then he can get off the mark here. But it's not exactly a bullish call. Uh, Darren, for you? No view. No, uh, moving swiftly one, along one, one for, moving swiftly along 335 uh, at Cheltenham the final race of the day is a mare's handicap hurdle Theatre Glory oh Theatre Glory the money came and then she unseated uh, Newbury I think she can get back to winning ways here though she's a 3-1 to one shot for Nico de Boinville and Nikki Henderson with Betdak as things stand uh, Mark what's your view yeah we've got that Mark Milligan in agreement with Emmett Kennedy once more <laughs> um, obviously we've we've no idea what would have happened last time at Newbury because she unseated too far out to draw any firm conclusions but Theatre Glory had been highly progressive and she up to that point um, winning her last three last season um, Nico de Boinville takes over from Nathan Brennan the mark remains unchanged at 137, and I think she's not done improving yet, so it's theatre glory for me. Yeah, copy and paste for me as well. I'm pretty confident about her here, uh, that she can put that blip behind her and get back into winning ways. Darren, for you? 
Yeah, look, I, I, I had only a quick look through it, so I wouldn't like to give out anybody a bum steer. Um, and you know, your argument is fair, guys. So, uh, go with, I'll, I'll go with you two on this one. Uh, I will say Martello Sky would be interesting, but I would have preferred a much better run on her second start at Kempton. Uh, she was fairly buried by Miranda that day. Um, she put up a, a really mighty finish against Malioli's wishes on her comeback, and maybe she was feeling the effects of that. So if she could bounce back, she'd be a danger, but I, I'd be disappointed. if the She was under the pump a long way out there, wasn't too, she? Too, too far out for me to be backing her now. Um, so theatre yeah. glory all the way. We'll recover the losses uh, on the weekend, or it'll be a case of ringing up the... Uh, the old boys at Anglo-Irish, the now defunct Anglo-Irish, and seeing if we can get ourselves a little bailout. Um, are, are NAMA still a thing? Do we do we get a bailout? Because don't know. Yeah, NAMA is um, the vast majority of you listening are in the UK. NAMA is was put in place to bail out the bankers in Ireland, and they're still doing it. Uh, but can we get that bailout? I don't know. If if we can get that for the betting world, then we may be able to turn a, a massive profit. Uh, right, the John Durkin Memorial Chase at Punchestown is is going to be where all eyes are on Sunday, assuming it survives, and right now is not, is not looking ideal, uh, but hopefully it will survive. Uh, because yeah, it, what is the word Ex- exactly, Emmett? Do you know, is it kind of... It wasn't looking yeah, good just before... Going ahead. Yeah, just before we came to air, it, it was not looking good at all. Let me click the old refresh button here on our good friends at the Racing Post. <clears throat> right now, it's perfectly raceable, is the quote, but the overnight frost is forecast right. to be sharp. The daytime temperatures probably right. won't increase, which would not be ideal either. So they're saying freezing overnight temperatures in Ireland. This is written by Jordan Norris, to give him full credit. Freezing overnight temperatures in Ireland mean that Cork will inspect on midday on Saturday for its seven-race car at Sunday, which is due to feature the return of an Ergamine in the Hillyway at 2.20. Meanwhile, at Punchestown, where we'll hopefully see Gold Cup favourite Gallopin de Champs, uh, that is at risk. Temperatures are plummeting down to minus three. We're watching and waiting, says racing manager Richie Galway on Thursday afternoon. We're taking every precaution that we can. We've covered the vulnerable areas and are making sure the chase and hurdle tracks are entirely fresh. It's a watching brief. It's perfectly raceable, but the overnight forecast is for frost and for that frost to be sharp. Daytime temperatures won't increase. So we're keen to go ahead as planned on Sunday, but we're at the mercy of the weather. Uh, Okay, all right. Well, hopefully, hopefully it will all work out. Uh, They have put... They are working on contingency plans, but they haven't put anything in place yet. But it looks as though if we lose this, then they're going to come up with some kind of super meeting. Do you remember the, the Hatton's Grace meeting a number of years ago where everything got com- got piled into one? I'm pretty sure Hurricane Fly right. won that year's renewal of the, yeah, yeah, I the Hatton's that, Grace. Yeah. Wasn't the Moigiana on that card as well? It was like one of the greatest days racing in the history of Ireland. It was amazing. Correct. Um, so they're going to try and do something along those lines, but hopefully it all goes ahead because I know there's a, a massive amount of work going on at both Cork and Punchestown. And all eyes, of course, will be on, on Gallop and Deschamps for his return. He won't have it easy. He'll be taking on Fakir Duderi, who sets a, a proper standard and obviously uh, entry grade one winner. Um, we ha- don't have declarations yet, but Conflated is in there after bit of a disappointing effort behind Envoyalan. Surely he can step forward. Statler is in there as well. French Dynamite is due to go after a good run in the uh, the big Paddy Power Gold Cup, isn't it? Yeah, at the November Open meeting. Thank you very much. The mouthwords are failing me again. So look, if it goes ahead, we're going to get the return of the now Gold Cup favourite Gallop on Deschamps, who is now outright after a Plutard's disappointment. 
and he's nine to four on currently with Betdak, six to one about Fakir Duderie. We're not going to be steaming into Gallop on Deschamps here, but all eyes are going to be on him. And it's the perfect, in the absence of Alaho, this is the perfect comeback from Darren. Ah, look, this is sexy jumps racing, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, like, oh, you'll be, this will get the L, the L heart beating. We'll, we'll all enjoy this. We have a high level of expectation in, in relation to uh, Gallop and Deschamps. Um, like, he's an absolute joy to watch. Uh, he just covers ground and jumps incredibly. Um, you know, he, he he did what he did in, in Cheltenham and we all got the fright of our lives and, um, you know, it was oh. incredible. And then in fairness to him, he um, he came back then in in Ferry House and uh, just just got, got the one back on the card. So you'd be looking forward, you know, to him 100%. Absolutely. You know, he deserves to be at the, at the head of the market for the Gold Cup. Um, you know, the fact that he's, you know, a strong odds on shot would kind of make you think really that the the field you know mightn't be that deep but you know you you go back through through them all and it's 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 a quality field like it's a it's a quality race um Fakir Duderi conflated um Statler you know we'll 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 see who who else is is declared like you know one of the things that um we've all got to kind of keep keeping at the front of our mind in relation to any punting at the weekend is Gordon's yard is absolutely flying. Um, so, you know, his, his horses will, will be running well. I think it's a, it's an absolute cracker. You know, can you get involved? No, it's, it's the, the prices aren't, aren't, aren't allowing that, but Jesus. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd be up for this one. And um, I think, it's really going to tell us a lot about how March is going to pan out, isn't it? And like it conflated is, is you know, I think he he ran okay on, on his comeback. Statler as well, you know, like you have horses here that are rated 158, 168, 172. Like it's as good as it gets, really, Emmett. Like it is in fairness. Yeah. Backer Dudery needed this last year um, when trailing in, in Alaho's wake. So it's entirely possible that this just doesn't suit and, and he'll need it on his comeback. But there's no Alaho to worry about. You're just replaced with another William Mullen superstar in, in Gallop and the Champ. Um, Down Royal, I think it's fair to say Gordon has winners there, but he tends to use that as a stepping stone for the rest of the season. And while I was a little bit dis- disappointed with Conflated, I wasn't overly devastated by that performance. Um, I was probably more. Yeah, it was a half a half a mile longer as well, so we've come yeah. back to two miles four. Yeah, I was, I was so probably more disappointed. Remember... I was probably more disappointed with Galvin, to be fair. Uh, and I, I would expect Conflated to take a big step forward here uh, and, and be a and be a proper threat. Am I am I correct in saying that there was a kind of a bit of jousting in the media uh, between Gordon and Jigginstown on the run up? to Cheltenham last year where Gordon seemed to be strong on the Ryanair and then the O'Leary's were strong on the Gold Cup. Is, is that my imagination? Was it the um, other way around? Or was it the, which way was it? Was it Gordon wanted nah. to go for the Gold Cup and the O'Leary's were like, nah, he's going for the Ryanair? I would doubt that would happen. Um, <laughs> well, it's their <laughs> I'd race. Say, I'd say Michael O'Leary gets his way. Yeah, um, well, that's what I mean is that they wanted to go Ryanair and that's where he went. Uh, right. But but Gordon very much wanted to go Gold Cup and he didn't get his way. 
Right. Well, they're coming back anyway to in distance um, to two miles, four and a half for us anyway on Sunday. So, look, he's he's going to give you a, a decent look look at him in terms of what plans they'll have for him for the rest of the season. Um, Statler as well, you know, coming off the back of three three wins previously, you know, like I think this is an absolute cracking race. And even though um, it all eyes will be on Galloping de Champ. I think we'll learn a lot about the about the other horses in terms of where they'll end up being targeted. You know, are they at this distance? Will they be stepped up, et cetera, et cetera? It'll be particularly informative. What do you think, Mark? Yeah, the, the, there are two things for me. First thing is that Galloping de Champs is undoubtedly the most exciting chaser in training, isn't he? Big time. Uh, he's just been sensational but this is the strongest field that he'll have ever faced in his short chasing career mm-hmm. so it's no gimme absolutely no gimme when and as darren quite rightly pointed out there are horses rated 168 uh, another in the 160s horses rated in the 150s this is a proper test for galloping Deschamps and Look, I'm not going to oppose him because I think he's he's very, very exciting. I think this race will tell us just exactly, exactly how exciting he is. Because if he treats this field with contempt, we'll know we've got a real superstar on our hands. Ooh, that's an interesting I agree. one. That's an yeah, interesting one. No, I agree. And for anyone who's listening, even if the missus says you're out shopping, have your phone in your hand and need to wander off to the loo or something to watch this, I I, I wouldn't miss it. Um, and that's an insight into the type of things that I end up doing. Um, so, uh, yeah, like it's going to be an absolute cracker. And uh, yeah, well said. I agree, Mark. Yeah, we're, we're going to learn more. And... About me and my and my needs to watch ra- to watch horse races, <laughs> and the racing TV app will be open on Tart's yeah, phone. Yeah, uh, but this isn't a, this isn't a rethink from Willie Mullins because he had been planning the King George for Alaho, which meant that Alaho could not run in this race because the turnaround is too quick. It's two weeks between this and, and the King George. So had Alaho stayed sound, he was going to start off in the Clonmel Oil Chase, which means this was always the comeback plan. For Gallop on the shot. Right. This was he had, he's not just being plugged in here because Alaho is gone until Cheltenham. This was his intended starting point. And now that we get closer to it, I I completely agree with what with what uh, Mark said about him being the most exciting chaser in training. He has to be. What he was doing at Cheltenham was nothing short of extraordinary. And considering the fact that the the outsiders in that field, Elbara has come out subsequently and he's won a grade one. Uh, he's been third in the Galway Plate, and he's won a, a Grade Three novice chase. Uh, Bosselton has come out and won the Kerry National, um, and they were toiling. They were toiling in in Gallop under Champs Wake. So while Bob Ollinger is, is definitely a hurdler, uh, and we'll see what he does at Christmas time. Again, I would almost precede his comeback. I would I would approach his comeback with it. A note of caution with the Debrom Head Yard and how, how they've been running. Um, perhaps he can be forgiven that as well. But this is this will tell us a little bit more about it. There are bigger days ahead than this, but this is also a race that Willie Mullins has begun to farm. Uh, he started his winning run with Jack Adam back in 2015, the mighty Jack Adam. Uh, he won two renewals. Jessica Harrington then won with Sizing John, and since then, Willie's won four in a row, three with Min 
and with Alaho last year, and he tends to throw a, a fair bit of ammunition at this. So it's not impossible that Statler lines up here as well. I don't think he's in there for the fun of it. Um, and it is going to be a, a good renewal, but I'd be disappointed if he doesn't take it. And he's currently 11-4 to with Betak for the Gold Cup. He's only going to shorten if he wins this. That's just the nature of uh, of Cheltenham odds now. If, if a horse is reported in good shape, they're caught in the betting for the anti-post markets. So if you're if you're keen on him for the Gold Cup and if you want to back him, then I'm not going to stop you uh, at 11-4. to 4, And I can see him being 2-1 to one if he's won this, and particularly if he wins it in style. Um, I'm, I'm pretty bullish about him and I'm just very excited. So hopefully it can stay sound, fit and well, and we actually get the race. Um, Cork is going to be at risk as well, but we're potentially, all being well, we'll see Energamine come back in the hilly way. Uh, it's always a great race. Uh, and again, Willie Mullins, this day is just a day that Willie has been farming. Uh, he has won eight of the last 10 renewals, including last year's running with Energamine. And if he runs, Darren, they won't see which way he's gone. Agreed. You know, um, yeah, that's, that's a kind of a fair way to look at it. Um, you know, you've, you've, you've got a touch of class there with, without a doubt. Uh, Nergamine has a rating of 176, you know, just putting everything, everything into perspective. Anything else in the race is probably 17 pounds less, you know, in terms of, in terms of ability, you know, there's, there's a couple of, of horses in there that I like, but if, you know, we're in different races, um, I do like Captain Guinness, you know, but you know, that's not, um, Sunday's not going to be, is, is going to be his day. You know, Master Mac, she's a great story, isn't it? And and one that, that we tend to enjoy. Um, but I, I'll I'll be enjoying this one. Um and it's 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 gonna be one that, that it'll be it'll just be cool to see, you know, how well he well he does run, you know, and um nice grade two, should pick it up very, very handy and you know, it'll it'll be one that that um will give us the same level of pointers, I suppose, for for the for the for the rest of the season. Yeah, Edward Stone has laid down a marker for the UK and he's done what he did in the Tinkle Creek. This fella, 16 pounds clear of the next best in the field in terms of official ratings. Captain Guinness really should just absolutely bolt up. Um, Mark? Yeah, and Ergamine won this race with his head in his chest last season, didn't he? And I think we'll probably see something similar this time around. I think the opposition's a little bit stronger than it was in this race last year, but... The, the official ratings tell the story, don't they? He's got plenty in hand of this field. He ought to win. Hopefully, he wins well. And obviously, Shishkin's going to be stepping up in trip now by the looks of it. So we're, we're probably not going to get another clash with Shishkin. But uh, bring on Edward Stone in the uh, champion chase. Yeah, I think um, Shishkin's not done. But the very fact that Nicky Henderson instantly after the Tinkle Creek was saying, we're going to go up in distance. That's not good. Would Would you think he was thinking about that beforehand? I would imagine so. I would imagine so. Well, we did say last week, you know, that that we couldn't put a line through him because there was only the, the bad run in, in Cheltenham. Um, and then you kind of look at the, the immediate reaction afterwards, which kind of tells you that the trainer... Um, was preparing himself in some way for that comment, you know, mm. um, he, you know, he, he, he's the one that's going to know the horse better than anybody else. And 
obviously, you know, over the last while, be it from Cheltenham to now, he just had the feeling that that the distance was too sharp. And um, to come out and say that, uh, the way that I read it anyway was it was kind of on his mind uh, before that. And we we did tell people, you know, just just watch that race, see exactly how he how he runs, um, and now you you know exactly where you stand. You know that the trainer doesn't believe the trip is right, and he's going to step him up. And no matter kind of where he goes next, you have to watch him again. You know that's that's just it to see if the trainer's judgment is is right, and then take it from there. He needs to be more enthusiastic in his races and he needs to jump better because it's not going to matter what distance they're running him over. If he jumps like he did on Saturday, forget about it. You can run him like over. They do fall four out miles. of love with it, you know? Mm. Mm. Like, don't underestimate how much horses give us yeah. when they put in top quality performances. You know, they, they give you everything, like absolutely everything. And like big clashes can take a lot out, out of a horse and they can you know, kind of leave, leave leave their mark on them. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like, I'm not trying to be, you know, to, to be negative, but they're beautiful athletes. And, you know, it's it's one now we'll see. Definitely the, the trainer had that thought prior um, to last week. Um, and we'll, we'll see if he's right. Simple as that, really. Yeah, we just have to, to sit back and, and wait and see. But if I said this on, on Monday's show, if he, in, in an alternate reality, where he's won the champion chase and he's won the Tinkle Creek and then Nicky Henderson says, and we're going to step him up and trip. That's, there's no more worlds left to conquer over this division, so we're going to go up and we want to see what else he can do. That's exciting. When you've pulled up in a champion chase after a fairly labored start and a pretty bad run, and then the standard for him is so high, you get buried not one, but by two horses. Uh, a very impressive performance from Edwardstone. Green Teen is much the best in second, and he's pretty laboured back in third after some lacklustre jumping. And then you're saying, oh, we'll go up in distance. That's not good. If you were talking about, yeah, we want to rematch with Edwardstone, we want to go back for the Desert Orchid chase, and, and we're pretty sure that he'll come on a ton for right. this race, you'd feel a lot more right. confident. The very fact that they're going, yeah, we'll go up and trip now. It's like, you don't think you right. can do it over two miles, and you are you just trying to solve a, a, a you're trying to solve a question you don't have an answer to, uh, and that's what would worry me with him going forward. Um, so I I've, yeah, but the big you know the the big sports people find find you know unlock the future as well, and like I I agree one hundred percent with what you're saying, but. Obviously, what the trainer is trying to do is 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 find a change um, that will, you know, reinvigorate him to get back to the level of performance he was previously at, and um, you know, maybe it's just the fact that they, that he's he's not jumping as quick as he used to, because I like, don't don't forget like the speed that they go two mile chasing is is electric, and maybe. It's it's the step up in distance, but there will be a notable change in pace that will give him, you know, a little bit more time to find a jumping rhythm that in turn will allow him to travel better is probably what the what the trainer is like would be thinking about. Just am I making sense? Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Also, bear in mind, yeah. this is Nikki we're talking about. And in the champion chase, not so long ago, 
we had left Cheltenham. We'd been there at the Cheltenham on the Tuesday. We're down in London partying, having a great time. We've, for some stupid reason, the flight was booked in the afternoon. So the Coral Cup is on. The RSA and the Coral Cup we miss because we're on the flight. Plane lands. Turns out that we've had a few winners. And uh, the bookmaker in question are offering a very healthy cash out. And my friend turns to me and says, should we take the cash out? And I was like, cash out. Cash outs are for wimps. Are you mad? What are you talking <laughs> about? This champion chase is home and hosed. You may as well just give us the trophy now. And I was referring to Undeso, who couldn't be beaten in the champion chase. And Sprinter Sakura was, a, was finished. Finish! As used to be said on the old forum. He was finished. And along he comes and absolutely destroys the field. And there's eleven to two. There wasn't a dry eye in the house. So if anyone I can get the biggest uh, bets of my life, Jesus! If anybody can get a horse back, it's Nicky Henderson. And um, this is it. And and oh. certainly get a horse back to make a fool of me as well. So Q Shishkin winning the champion chase in 2023. But I I would be concerned about him, and he's always going to be a, a pretty short price as well. So we'll, we'll see how it all pans out, uh, lads. There's who, with the current state of the weather. Who knows what's going to happen with uh, the rest of the racing? So it's a case of any other business. And and as you're composing yourselves to come up with that, I will tell you that my Racing Post tracker is being kept very, very busy with the amount of horses who are entered. So I hope that both Cork and Punchestown, as greedy as I'm being, get the go-ahead. Because as things stand, uh, the 12.15 in Cork, there are two horses in my tracker, Blood Destiny and New Year's Honours. Uh, 12.45, Cork, found a 50, is in there. I know he was beaten on debut... Um, yeah, he was in a bumper, uh, and they're going to try him over hurdles now, but I expect he's going to be an awful lot better. Hidden Valley Lake is in there in the 115 in Cork. Again, subject to these horses running and the races actually being on. 130 at Punchestown. Uh, two horses, Deeply Superficial and La Maison, who are running for the same owners, so we'll see which one gets the go-ahead there. Uh, Gallop and Deschamps, obviously, in Statler. Dino Blue, who was hugely impressive, also in my tracker, and Ergamine, obviously. Flamebearer makes his debut for the Willie Mullins yard at the weekend, hopefully. 235 punches down. Uh, Southall, are you wise to that? That's John Joe's, isn't it? Yes. Uh, John Joe Neal had a three-timer uh, today on TalkSport 2. And his other horse finished second in a bumper so and looks at a nice prospect as well. A Ronnie Bartlett-owned horse uh, ran quite well. We're going to see him at Southall uh, along with Impose Trois, also in my tracker, Blizzard of Oz and Mel Monroe. So it could be a busy day on Sunday or we could be just binge-watching Yellowstone on Paramount Plus if all the racing gets cancelled, which, by the way, is an amazing show. Uh, who else, in terms of the any other business, should we be looking out for on the weekend? Mark Milligan kicks us off. Yeah, I thought that beginner's chase at Punchestown, if it goes ahead, has the potential to be really interesting, doesn't it? Mm. You mentioned Flame Bearer. We're playing Willie Mullins bingo a little bit here, aren't we? Because mm -hmm. we've got the fascinating prospect that appreciate it might turn up yep. in that race as well. And let's be honest, appreciate it. He's every inch a chaser on looks, isn't he? Yeah. He's clearly, clearly not been the easiest to train. Hence why we only saw him once last season. And that was in the champion hurdle. It, my thinking is it's, it's kind of now or never for appreciate it, isn't it? He's not getting any younger. He'll be nine at the turn of the year. They're going chasing with him. If he's still got that enthusiasm and if the body holds together, he has the potential to be a very exciting chaser. Yeah, you'd love to see him over the weekend. Um, I know they think an awful lot of Flamebearer as well. 
It's kind of... I'll um, second that, yeah. Yeah, it, it's kind of crazy. If you remember last week, I was saying that, that the chap that mentioned Lossy Mouth, that was talking about Lossy Mouth last week, um, was also, I was discussing Flamebearer with him as well. So I think that, that both of those, I think Mark is spot on in terms of uh, appreciated. But for for listeners out there, stick stick Flamebearer down there, guys, as, um, you know... Uh, one for the notebook may or may not go as as we can see on on Sunday, but definitely um, is a winner in waiting from what I hear. Yeah, the the Racing Post stable tour that Mark Boylan did with Willie Mullins was very informative. Uh, I've given it a shout out a few times, and it, what Willie was saying about Flamebearer was very very interesting. Like very keen on him for the two mile novice chasing division, and was really bigging him up in in a way that I was a little bit taken aback by because. From what I've heard, and maybe you can echo this, Darren, um, one of the reasons why Sir Gerard is being flirted with for a hurdling campaign is because El Fabiolo has been tearing it up so impressively and they're expecting big things from him over fences. And it's one of the reasons why they've been messing around with the idea that Sir Gerard could stay over hurdles. Again, we need to wait and see. Uh, but the other one that was really coming to, to mind was, was Flamebearer. And obviously they think the world have appreciated it. It's just a case of, does the body hold up? If it does, then... He's going to be very exciting, but the fact that this fella's in there too, and you know, it's good for Willie because Willie needed a bit of a bit of a helping hand. He needed a bit more strength and depth in the yard. You know, Jesus, it was things. Things were getting a bit harsh for him there. I mean, he was only coming up with five runners for a novice hurdle each time. Jeez, you know, it's tough. So it's good that this horse was moved from the Doyles to to Willie. Sarcasm radar is obviously uh, about to explode, but he's he's not one who should be slept on. Um, Willie has, is very impressed with the work that he's been doing and obviously he showed terrific form last year at Ferry House and Nace and Chase Home Statement at Punchestown they think the world of him uh, but they love appreciate it as well so if the two go that would be interesting you would imagine they'll split them up and um, we'll see which one lines up but the Arkham should get a bit of a shake that, up there I always kind of think that that Willie and Gordon no matter who the the trainer is really when when horses come into their yard they nearly improve them by 10 pounds oh, yeah. you know um and that's kind of their their thing that they're they would be that much better and this fellow was rated um 149 previously so um over hurdles that was obviously so yeah like you know with with natural progress for chasing plus the willy factor Flame bearer is is definitely one for for everyone to be to be uh, to be following. Yeah, and and bear in mind what Darren said too about the uh, the mole in the Mullins camp as well. Um, definitely want to be keeping a very close eye on. Uh, Willie's going to have a big say, assuming the racing goes ahead in Ireland. Allegor Devassi could be making her chasing debut, and Paul Ferguson was raving about her at the start of the season when we were doing our Jumpers yeah. to Follow podcasts. Uh, it could very well be her, or it could be Dino Blue, who was very impressive at Cork and yes. could be going back there as well. So uh, the potential for one of those to be in action. What else has really caught your eye, Darren? No, it's just one thing to, to kind of say that, that like Gordon's horses are absolutely flying out at the minute, you know. Uh, we probably didn't give him enough focus going into Fairy House um, last Sunday. And did he have a treble? Sorry, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, for, for people to keep that in mind, this is kind of his time of year, I, I think. He kind of trains them so that they're, they're, they do particularly well between now and Christmas, takes the foot off the gas a little bit and then goes for gold. 
then on, on the on the run up to March. So for any of the listeners that are you know having having a look through the the cards, have have Gordon at the top of your list in terms of um, consideration anyway. Gordon had six runners today, the eighth of December. So the Christmas lights are on, by the way. Um, he had uh, a horse pull up in Clonmel and one fall in Clonmel, and the other four all won. One made the journey over to Taunton and one under Sean Bone very easily. Poseidon, um, a good winner in a maiden hurdle at Clonmel, very good winner of the Novice Chase, and uh, and Floor uh, got the job done as well under Davy Russell. So he's tearing it up. He is absolutely tearing it up, and uh, you can expect more to come as well. Uh, anything else to watch out for, Mark Milligan? Yeah, I was just wanting to touch back on that that Dino Blue Allegory Devassi race because I think they're both really exciting, aren't they? Really exciting. It, it'd be nice to think we'd get them both running against each other on Sunday, but I have to say that's unlikely, isn't it? As you said, Emmett Dino Blue was very impressive on her chasing debut last time but Allegori Devassi for me she's one of the most exciting mares to be going novice chasing this season so I'm really hoping we get to see her on Sunday because because she could be very very exciting. Well, she would have been favoured for the mares novice hurdle had she taken up that engagement unfortunately she had to miss the race um, and I will say that Dino Blue for all that she bombed out in the mares hurdle and was then subsequently a bit disappointing afterwards at Ferry House mm-hmm. and Punchestown, the vibes about her going into Cheltenham were unbelievable. They thought it was a case of just turn up. All she has to do is turn up and, and, and go and win it. The, the McManus money was down. Frankie Tightlips is not going to like this at all. Frank Berry is going to be coming after me now again. Uh, darting dirty looks at me. But um, painfully, yeah. the Milligan money was down as well. <laughs> So was the McGrath money, if you all remember as well. We all followed that one. Yeah, yeah the Kennedy money was down too. So listen, Dino Blue definitely want to be keeping a very close eye on. She's better than that. Um, but Allegor Devassi would, would be the one that um, that gets most of the interest. Uh, gentlemen, what is the best bet for the weekend? Darren McGrath. Going to go with John McConnell and um, Grand Soar, as we mentioned at nines. I think there might be a little bit of value there. We're up against it. But I, the, the price is too enticing. I like it. Uh, Mark? Uh, 225 Again, the price, I think, is just a little bit too big here for a horse who's seriously on the upgrade, and that's Napper's Hill, 225 at Cheltenham. I'm with you. But to spice things up a little bit uh, and to split up and make a patent, I will go Theatre Glory. Uh, my nap would be Napper's Hill, but the next best would be Theatre Glory in the Mayor's Handicap Hurdles. So that gives you a patent. Uh, for the weekend. You can roll that on on BetDAC, um, and they're all pretty decent prices as well. Uh, I'm pretty confident about the weekend's action, assuming it goes ahead. If it all gets blown off, then we just say, oh, we would have had winners left, right, and centre. We would have been swimming in gravy. Uh, and then, of course, if it actually does go ahead, well, then it's the acid test. But no, I'm, I'm pretty bullish about the weekend. Uh, we'll review it on Monday. Barry Call, who had a great debut on the show, is back uh, alongside Paddy Aspel. And uh, very much looking forward to that. Darren McGrath, how can we find out more about racehorse ownership with All About Sunday? Yeah, look, we, we had a nice little bit of news there from from Henry earlier in the week that, um, you know, that the Coral Cup will be the target there for Watch House Cross. So if people were interested in coming for a spin on a potential Coral Cup runner, um, that'd be great. Head to the website, allaboutsunday.com. 
or download the app All About Sunday. Have you had a swing in the anti-post market yet? No, only Unibet has it priced up at the minute, so that tells you I've been looking. Yeah, there you go. So the intent has just been shared. Uh, 25s with, uh, yeah. with Unibet, depending on, on how much you can get on, but um, yeah. Nothing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, Ed, but that's just the case. Um, yeah. Mark, you're going to be busy writing some articles over the weekend? Yeah, I've got a, a betting.betfair.com article for Dundalk on Friday night, which is up now if anyone wishes to read that. And then I shall be doing lots of time form reporting over the weekend as well, primarily on the all-weather racing by the, the looks of it. A bit of fun dog. This is a pretty decent um, mare's uh, filly's maiden, isn't there? Uh, the five thirty second race. Yeah, there's there's a couple of, of interesting maidens there on Friday night. To be honest, they weren't they weren't necessarily betting races for me. I've gone for a couple of selections in the uh, in the sprint handicaps, but um, no, there could be some interesting newcomers um, certainly for this time of year to keep an eye on at Dundalk on Friday night. Yeah, I think the O'Brien Camp will be disappointed if they don't win the opening race. The Joseph O'Brien camp, that is, not to be confused with mm. his father. Um, the five o'clock, he should be taking that. But yeah, a bit of fun dock. Always good for, for a laugh. Darren, always you're, you're always a man for fun dock. Have you got anything lined up for us? No, a lot of the time I just kind of go in, Emma, just for, just to watch it really on my way home uh, and just keep an eye on it. Yeah, the, the odd time you'd, you'd have a decent bet there, but it's, it's, it's the type of place that could be a graveyard as well if you're over exuberant you know but uh, I, I do follow it religiously I always kind of joke with people that it's real racing <laughs> how dare you sir in the middle of the jumps how dare you sir how dare you yeah, uh, how dare you I'll say that I think Eddie Lynham will have the double tomorrow I, I'm, I'm suspiciously bullish here now so Rough Diamond in the 7.30 um, Collective Power in the 8 and Joseph Source in the, in the opener 5 o'clock uh, no, no spoilers. No spoilers. One of those may have gotten a good write-up in my bet. We're in sync again, mate. We're in sync again. And on that bombshell, that's it. Thank you so much for listening. Hopefully the racing goes ahead and hopefully we're all swimming in gravy. The countdown to Christmas is on and hopefully we've added to the Christmas box in this edition of the show. Loads more Final Forum Podcast content coming your way from Darren, Mark and myself. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you Monday. Be safe, be well, God bless. The Final Furlong Podcast is proudly brought to you by BetDAC. Get 0% commission on all sports for 100 days when you join BetDAC.com. New customers only, terms and conditions apply. And by All About Sunday, the ownership experience where you can own three racehorses for only £18.99 per month. Visit AllAboutSunday.com to get involved today.